Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What is good, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. And today we've got a pretty exciting episode because, like we talked about, we're going to have guests on and we have a guest this week. Yeah. It is a pretty exciting guest, a fellow creator. Um, you'll hear my intro for him in a second, but I think uh, most of you will be familiar with his work. It's Hank Green. And yeah. we wanted to talk to him because we were just talking about his recent video about TikTok, mm-hmm. which has a whole bunch of really interesting points. It's linked in the show notes. If you haven't already seen it, watch it. It's really good. Uh, sort of explains the landscape of monetization for creators on YouTube versus TikTok and the things that are different between them. Um, and we talk about that, but we also talk about a lot of other things. It's a really interesting conversation. The one thing I should mention is at like halfway through, we had some technical difficulties and did lose his video feed. So if you're watching the video version, that's what happens halfway through. But I mean, come on, it's Hank Green. You guys know what he looks like. Plus you get to see his beautiful face in the first half anyway. So without any further ado, let's get into it. So we've got Hank Green joining us for Waveform this week. Hank Green, if you're unfamiliar with Hank somehow, then you've been actively avoiding the internet for the past 15 years, in which case, welcome. Appreciate you for joining us. Um, Hank is an entrepreneur, creator, YouTuber, TikToker, creator of VidCon, and half of the Vlogbrothers, and someone who's been creating for longer than I have, which I don't get to say very often. So, <laughs> Hank, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, well, it helps to just be older than you. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate it. I'm a, I'm a big fan, and we just established that we've never actually talked before, yeah. which is weird, uh, and I'm very glad to be uh, finally hanging out. Same. I, I want to talk to you about all of the social media. And this is one of the fun things about having a, a podcast finally is I get to talk to people like you and having conversations about, I don't know, this whole world of social media, which it seems like you're all over it. Like obviously YouTube mm. for the longest time, but we've got Instagram, we've got TikTok now. How do you, first of all, I just want to know what you say when you describe to people what you do. What What do oh, you yeah. say? Well, I just I go to the easiest thing, which is I make educational videos for two t- teachers and students, uh, and then people are like, "Oh, tell me more," and I'm like, "Oh, you know, high school and early college and chemistry and, and all kinds of stuff." I have a company that does that, and that's like, it's much easier that way. It's yeah. just it's it, ra- rather than and also I am kind of a personality and community leader and organizer 
that does philanthropy and also I run a merchandise business that uh, helps creators make money that has 50 employees and like, it's you know, lot. I don't know. Uh, yeah. My, my wife, when someone asked that question, is like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Here we go. I don't want, I don't want to be, go through this again. So that's the easy thing to do. And, and like, that is sort of the majority of what I spend my time on anyways, the yeah. educational content. Yeah, I like it. I think I, I've I've watched your YouTube videos for a super long time, but the TikToks have started coming back up. You know, I spend a decent amount of time on TikTok, probably more than I'd like to admit. I think we all do. And uh, I, I always see your videos pop up in my free feed before I even followed you. I would just be like, oh, Hank's on TikTok now. Great. They're very, very educational. He's got all these great ideas. I love it. Um, yeah. I, so I want to start with YouTube because I feel like that's that's the the hub at the center of this creator economy of, of these videos that we've been making for so long. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I tweeted your TikTok video, um, I, I sort of quoted one of the, the early points in the video, which is that YouTube actually does treat creators really well, yeah. like almost yeah. abnormally well. <laughs> And well, I got some certainly now that like we've had some some more data points on the field, like when it was just YouTube, it was like, well, that's normal. But now that we have other platforms out there showing us how they might do it, it it does change the perspective. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people push back just saying, oh, they you know, they treat some creators well. They treat a few creators you yeah. might know well. But it's kind of like just in general, uh, there's obviously the they do a lot of things they don't have to. Uh, the little the little plaques they send us when you hit a subscriber milestone is a mm -hmm. nice example, or having a contact mm -hmm. at YouTube and things like that. But the the yep. sort of biggest point of that being the the revenue sharing model. Um, but just in general, now that you've been on YouTube for I think I'm I'm going to say longer than anyone I've ever spoken to. How would you review YouTube as a platform as it exists in 2022? If you had to give them a rating. If you have some pros and cons, how do you how do you assess the state of this gigantic company? Yeah, I mean that that is difficult to to like you know I feel like I need categories, you know. Like the video player is is like 10 out of 10. Yeah. And I think people often sort of don't think about the fact that the video player is 10 out of 10, but like that is actually and like the upload experience is very good. Um and I think that but like I think a lot of the parts that I don't like about YouTube are just things that I that that are difficult parts of having done what YouTube did. You know, we're like all oh, the hoops that you have to jump through, the moderation that is clunky and wrong often, um, the, 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 you know, demonetization and the algorithmic selection of this stuff and mm -hmm. how it doesn't treat people fairly. Like all that stuff is, I find very frustrating, but I also recognize that it's a difficult problem that was created by virtue of the the existence of their platform, like they, like you couldn't do what they did without running into those problems. Yeah, and I, I don't had know a, how else to solve them except for the way they solved them. I had a, a weird, random little meeting a long time ago where I think someone at Google said something like, "You know, they have this massive success, and the scale of their platform means that every tiny problem they have is now a problem at scale." Just because the whole yeah. thing is so big, <laughs> it's like, oh, we have a tiny yeah. little spam problem. It's like, no, that's actually a massive problem now across the internet's mm -hmm. video source. Um, yeah. How'd you feel about them getting rid of the dislike counter? Any strong thoughts on that? Oh, oh you're getting me into my the, the most dangerous my most dangerous opinion on the platform. Interesting. That I don't think it's a big deal. Okay. Um, like, like I so so I recognize that it has like that there's like. Uh, there are good parts and bad parts to getting rid of the dislike button. Like that's where I'm at. 
Uh, and the the bad part for me, like the the main thing that I don't like about it is that there are there are times when I would like to know instantly whether or not this video is going to contain useful information. And that was a really good way to see that. And you might think, well, then why get rid of it? Like if it's doing a good, then why why get rid of it? But you, a lot of the things you hear, and I'm like, oh man, you asked me, I'm gonna catch flack for this. I love it. A lot of what you hear from people is that they will say, well, how do we n now tell a corporation that we didn't like their video and like, and to me, that's sort of like you took away my tool for mass brigading. And it, when it's when we're mass brigading against YouTube or against EA or something, I'm like, I don't have a lot of uh, yeah. like uh, you know sympathy for those people. Like they, they, yeah. they can deal with it. Um, but but like I also have seen it happen over and over and over again to people whose content like just like ideologically doesn't align with other people. And then you have these big groups of people who like organize themselves on discords or subreddits and then they come in and make that person's life miserable. And then all of their videos have this like weird permanent stain on them that you never don't see. It's it's there mm -hmm. for the rest of the life of that video where you're just stuck with this like 70% dislike. And people look at those videos and they're like, why do people dislike this so much? What's going on? And it's a, it's just, it's a, it became used as a, a, a an abuse uh, tool. For and sure. YouTube didn't like that it was being used as an abuse tool. And they were like, how do we stop it? And, you know, you and I can see our dislikes in the back end. We know how many people are liking and disliking our content, which is useful. Um, and I, I don't, I certainly don't think that it's a, it's something that didn't have negative consequences. I just think it also had positive consequences. Like, I think there was a reason that they did it. I think they explained it fairly well why they did it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that like, it's normal to disagree and we we also sort of exist on like we we you know the the more time you spend on and the more sort of like you base your your career and your uh, business on a a platform the more you sort of like are actually having a relationship with it that's more like a a citizen to a government and people don't like it when the government makes decisions that they don't like and that's yeah. a thing that happens and 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 i also think that it's fine for people to lodge their complaints uh cuz we don't get to vote for these people so we might as well uh we might as well yell about the thing that that matters to us and so i certainly don't hold it against anybody who's mad about it but yeah. my, from my perspective like there's more worrying things yeah um, you know I, I i made my video talking about why there are there are downsides obviously and and being a part of the tech community i see like okay i want to for yeah, example, yeah, yeah. install you know this uh, doorbell, and I want to make sure I shut off power correctly and follow a tutorial. I know I no longer yeah. see that the tutorial has a bunch of dislikes because it's dangerous to me, and like that quick yeah. thing um, is just one of the negatives. Um, my question was always just about like all of the downsides that they are solving for here aren't really actually being solved if the if the comment section doesn't also get better. Because all of this mass brigading and hatred that follows people around via the like to dislike ratio also follows them around in the comments section, which needs a lot yeah. of work. Um, so I, yeah. I, I give I the mean, video player. Uh, go yeah. ahead. I, I, YouTube has given creators some pretty good tools for moderating comments, um, a lot better than other platforms. Yep. Um, but that you know that took time for the, that to develop. So there are ways to engage with that as a creator. Uh, it's certainly, but it doesn't like take away the reality that people are still going to be um, happily uh, in group mobbing people. And like, it's just like one of the ugliest things I think about the internet is mobs of people being jerks. I'm like, I'm, 
and eventually I feel like maybe we'll get to the point where we realize it's actually really cringy and like embarrassing to be a member of one of those groups of people. But uh, yeah. that's go that's going to take some time, I think. Uh, yeah, well, it, it does. It does often feel good to be a part of one of those groups. And not to say that I've never been a part of them. I, I also am sometimes part of a mob of people who's mad about something. Yeah, we we grow up out of the mob, but then somebody else grows up into the mob. So it's a, it's a yeah, we'll it's a tough cycle. <laughs> um, I, one of the other fascinating things that I just saw recently, Twitter is testing downvotes. I think so. You can like a tweet, yeah. you can you can retweet a tweet, but they're testing downvotes specifically. Um, yeah. How do you feel about Twitter as a platform? Twitter's Twitter's just sort of like all over the place at this point. I actually yeah. really like Twitter, it, and there's not that many yeah. pieces to review but I use it more than I think any other social platform other than TikTok right now. Yeah, Twitter is such an interesting case because it is like far more influential than it is successful, especially in, you know, by like market cap yeah. um, metrics like <laughs> Google and, uh, and you know, even TikTok and of course Facebook just dwarf the valuation of, of Twitter, but Twitter is extraordinarily influential and important and like the the people who use it are oftentimes um defining culture and really in, in specific and uh powerful places mm -hmm. um it's big in journalist circles and then it's big in dc and so uh it's a it's a huge deal uh and and i like i like it as a platform and i hate it as a platform i like it when i when i can convince myself to use it the, in the ways that i enjoy it and i hate it when i am subject to its whims and and get drawn into things that i you know know aren't my lane and i know um are just me being mad about something that i'm oversimplifying in my brain which is something that all social media are good at um and i like i just feel like you know, there's a beauty in Twitter's uh, long-term inability to innovate <laughs> yeah. um, because it just remains what it is. But there's also like a just a huge, uh, you know, missed opportunity there. Like it, it, Twitter owned Vine and like yep. they had this extraordinarily interesting, powerful short form video platform. Do you know how many employees Vine had when it closed? That's a really good question. I could guess, I'm going to guess Vine had a hundred employees had 50 employees. I had fewer employees than I do. Wow. That's insane. That is and incredible. Like, just, just try to just invest in it. Just figure it out. But like, they can't like, they just can't, you know, I, Jack Dorsey, obviously has always been very drawn in many directions and not interested at always in focusing on one thing. And I think that that was not all the love to Jack. If you're listening, <laughs> but I think it's not, it's a hard way to be a CEO. And I know that because I'm the same way. Um, and, uh, I think that there were, there are a lot of missed opportunities at Twitter, but at the same time, I kind of like that it's like chugging along, yeah. making zero dollars, um, having, having not a lot of intrusive advertising and, and not like launching shorts, <laughs> like yep. the moment that that uh, becomes interesting, like all the other platforms have. Yeah. Yeah. No, they kept it simple for sure. I mean, that's kind of how it started. It's, it started with just like 140 characters or 160 yeah. or whatever it was. And text message platform just basically. Text. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. but I think maybe the most interesting platform of the hour is TikTok. I mean, it's, yeah. it's ever consuming what was the stat now it just passed it it passed something right it passed uh one of the other largest sites in the world to be like one of the top five biggest sites and i think yeah. by traffic they're probably yeah. one of the biggest period um mm -hmm. tiktok is fascinating to me 
So we've got these top, these couple top creators that are household names. We've got the D'Amelio's, Addison Ray's, all of these at the mm. time. Everyone knows who these people are. They're basically broken into mainstream. And then you have the sort of upper tier of, of the biggest TikTok creators. And I, I pay attention to a lot of them because the, the For You page serves me videos from them all the time. And it seems mm -hmm. like they're all sort of itching to graduate from TikTok. And it's kind of fascinating yeah. to see. And a lot of them go to make a YouTube channel. A lot of them graduate from yeah. social media in general and they go on to do TV stuff. You talked about mm -hmm. this in your video, but I'm curious for your like quick take on like why are all the biggest TikTokers trying to just get out of TikTok, even though TikTok is massive and gaining momentum the way it is? I mean, so th there's two reasons. One is you know, the, the story that you feel like you're a part of. And this was a thing when, when I was coming up on YouTube, every YouTuber wanted to be on TV. And so like they wanted to be a part of the story that their heroes were a part of rather than the story that they were inside of, which is hmm. just how we are. And that is a bad reason. Like, like in my experience, YouTubers who focused on YouTube did way better than YouTubers, YouTubers who were like, how do I do TV now? Like, yep. There's not a lot of examples of YouTubers who made that transition well. Um, but uh, there are examples of certainly people who started on Vine and made the transition to YouTube really effectively and have become household names. Um, and I think that that is also a, definitely an option for, for TikTokers. And the, the other reason is a very good reason, which is that uh, you can it's, it is more valuable to be a, a YouTuber than to be a TikToker. And that is both economically, like you make more money per minute of time people spend on your content, but also because you develop a deeper relationship with your audience because you have them for more than 15 seconds or a minute or three minutes at the outside. Yeah. And that uh, that is how you, um, that is how you like, you know, TikTok is very intentionally a, user first platform and and like to the extent that um it will sacrifice everything else for the user experience like ads are extremely easy to skip by mm -hmm. the content is um like it's like i know that you i know that deep in your heart you feel like you would want to give that creator who you like vibe with you feel like you want to give them more of your time but you don't really. You want to watch this guy hurt himself on a snowboard. Let's be honest with ourselves. And yeah. they're, they're maybe they're right. So so like they are giving you what you not what you would choose, but what you actually want. And that's wild. And so that's uh, that's why it's such a sticky platform. But it makes it a a more a harder place to build a business as a creator and to build an audience as a creator. So yeah. It's harder to develop a deeper relationship with people. Um, which is democratizing. It gives, it creates way more opportunity for people to constantly be breaking in and, and getting that first exposure to audience and to uh, attention. But it is because of that, you know, opportunity for breakthrough. You're, there's always somebody ready to take your place, uh, and so you have to figure out how to convert those people into something except for just a TikTok audience. And you know, YouTube is the best place for that. Yeah. Um, and reasons. with YouTube launching and and being successful about shorts, it does seem a little bit like maybe there's. It's amazing to think that, that this is the way I'm thinking now, but maybe there is a threat to to TikTok in YouTube's short strategy. Interesting. Um, whereas you know a year ago, I, I would have been thinking like, 
you know, is TikTok a threat to YouTube? Now I'm like, I mean, abs- of course, it's a huge threat to YouTube. It, it is yeah. the it is the first threat to YouTube, really. It, like Facebook couldn't take them on, but TikTok can. And the you know that uh, n- now I'm thinking like, how do how does YouTube take market share away from TikTok? Because yeah. YouTube is much better at making money. Um, uh, I was just about like to say the, the platform. I have yeah. a, a stat just recently that YouTube had a larger quarter four of last year than Netflix in revenue. I think yeah. it was like eight and a half billion dollars of revenue. YouTube is making a lot of money. Now it costs a lot of money to run, but they're making a lot of money. Yep. Um, and also one of the points you brought up earlier that I've, I've thought about a lot is like the, the intrinsic value of an audience on one platform versus the other. Like, would you rather have 10 million views on a TikTok or 1 million yeah. views on a YouTube video. And it's kind of still waited for the YouTube video at that point. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that's always been really interesting. And you look at the numbers, actually the, the, the biggest piece of content I have ever created by views is a TikTok, of course it is. Mm. Uh, and it's like 33 million views on a seven second video or uh-huh. something crazy like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, you're, if you find yourself like, if you come up as a TikToker, You've built your your brand, but not your business necessarily. You do, as a smart person, want to build a business around it on something more stable, um, like a mm-hmm. YouTube channel. So it, it does make a lot yep. of sense to what we see it being built. Are you you make yeah. TikToks? Do you do you consider yourself a TikToker at this point? You've made enough of them. You have like a presence there. At this point, I <laughs> it it would be almost embarrassing to not call myself a TikToker. Like yeah. it'd be like I'm trying to pretend I'm not a TikToker. Yeah. Um, and the other reason I kind of consider myself a TikToker is because I really admire a lot of the people I follow on TikTok, and and we have, you know, in the same way as uh, my colleagues on YouTube, you know, talked a bit on on direct messages and stuff. And I just think that they're so cool and interesting and smart in the way that they are approaching their their content and their audience that like i feel like if i if i the, the only reason i don't have to call myself a tiktoker would be like that i don't think it's a, it's a uh that i would that i'm embarrassed by it and when i think about those people i'm like i'd be I'm, i'd be like almost um uh deriding their creativity and thoughtful content if i pretend like i'm not one yeah. of them I mean, it used to be embarrassing to say you're a YouTuber, and now yeah. it's it's got a different connotation every other every month. Yeah. But now it's yeah. like, oh, nice! Like I understand what that yeah. is, uh, <laughs> which is that's like kind of funny because I've said to people I don't know that I, like an Uber driver, if you just say you're a YouTuber, they're like, oh yeah, yeah I know, I know some of those. Like they they understand it already. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, TikTok versus YouTube and monetization. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for this show comes from NetSuite, and that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it, because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. 
NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. But I think the the thing that, that sort of ties all this stuff together is like YouTube has monetization built around sharing revenue uh, by on a percentage basis with its creators. And TikTok, mm-hmm. in its attempt on, on its way up to stealing tons of market share from YouTube, but wanting to keep creators on TikTok, has decided they want to also give revenue to their creators, but they've done it with a different mechanic. They've built a singular creator fund. And your video has done a better job of explaining it than I ever could, so it's going to be linked in the show notes. Everyone should watch that at least before getting to this part. But the <laughs> the worst part about this creator fund is that fundamentally the better TikTok does, uh, the less successful individual creators using that fund actually do. Um, yeah, is this a mistake by TikTok? Is this a greedy thing by TikTok? It's a it's a weird, obvious thing that they should have all obvi- thought of by now. So I'm curious why you think they decided to go with a creator fund rather oh, than it's, revenue sharing. It's super smart. Like it's it's. Um, you know, if, and, and like, if they don't, if they never experienced any pushback about it, like, no, like it would just be smart. Um, yeah. and the, so, so the reason, so basically the, the situation is there's a static pool of money. And so if the, so if, if currently there's like, let's say 10 billion views a day on TikTok, and there's distributing that, that fund among those people who earned those 10 billion views, then if, if like six months from now, there's 20 billion views on TikTok a day because the platform grew, you get half as much money per view um, because there's more views and the same pot of money. Yeah. So that's the that's the problem. It's a, it's amazing, um, it, and that is clearly the it, the uh, the limitation of of the static pool of money. But the creator fund idea itself, I think, is quite smart. Actually, we all together experienced that like it kind of was maybe bad for like for YouTube to be tying um, revenue like people's revenue directly to uh, the advertisements running on their channel. Um, and and also like advertisements running on a video was a bit of a problem because then it meant that like, how does YouTube police like where Coca-Cola's advertisements show up? And they have this like preferred program where like we promise that the content is not terrible, but sometimes even the people in the preferred content might make stuff that's a little edgy. Yeah. And and so you 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 we ended up in the situation where like they have to have this tremendously complicated moderation system to decide whether or not something is worthy of certain kinds of advertisements. It's a mess. Uh, and YouTube and TikTok doesn't have to worry about that. Um, the other thing that is great about a creator fund is that you can divide it up based on what you want to encourage. So hmm. um so I get higher CPMs than average because my audience is older and I make educational content and it's like really brand safe. Um, but but on TikTok, everybody b- basically makes the same CPM. But you could make it so that 
uh, a creator gets more money for their first million views than for their second million views so that you're encouraging people to uh, so that because it's easy it's easier to get your second million like your second million views than your first million views mm -hmm. it's just like how how it is um, and you could you could make it so that you reward people for creating content that has more engagement or you could or like is less controversial like you can measure like controversiality <laughs> scores based on how like disliked something is or how much sort of yelling there is and negative sentiment there is in the comments yeah. so you can like you could do that you could just sort of as a platform decide what kind of content you want to be encouraging with dollars and you can't really do that the way that it, on youtube that's just decided by advertisers and where they want to advertise yep. so a, a example of a huge problem of this is like if you tend to make content for a black audience in america advertisers are less interested in buying that con that content because the average black person in America has far less money than the average white person in America. So like, so you literally, just because you make content for black people, make less make money, less money. Yeah. Um, which is wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the weirdest um, uh, questions that I've had literally about the, like the, the adpocalypse that happened back in, uh, I guess we've yep. had more than one of them on YouTube but about yeah. the the association directly between the advertiser and the content that they appear in front of. I always thought it was pretty clear that uh, a Coca-Cola ad appearing on a YouTube video didn't actually associate Coca-Cola with whatever is in that YouTube video. At least I personally yeah. always felt that way. Yeah, for sure. But uh -huh. it somehow became this really strong like reaction from all of these brands to pull out because they didn't want their brand associated and I'm like, I've seen a lot of ads before a lot of, like when I see an ad on TV, for example, on in between like quarters in an NBA game, a lot of times it's a product that's related to sports because that makes sense. And that's where the audience mm -hmm. is. I don't remember the last ad I saw on YouTube and what video it was in front of. I don't even know. It's usually some reasonable product. I don't remember. Do you so, not have YouTube premium? I do, but when I'm signed into it, like the shorts account, which doesn't have premium, then I see a bunch of ads and I forget to switch back. Yeah. So I'm like, I, yeah. I can't believe that that's, that was such a massive driver of the apocalypse, but it really was like the direct tie do you, between I mean, do you brands. Want the, the deep, the, the, do you want me to bore you with the deep reality of why that happened? I would love you to. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, so there's two, two components of it. The first is that the, the, um, the last like 80 years of television ads have been sold that way. They're, they say, you can reach this many people, but, uh, but, but really what you're doing is you're aligning yourself with content. And in this case, the content is some stuff that people feel really passionately about or that makes them feel good. And so it was easier to monetize like sports, for example, because people have very, you know, a lot of passion around sports content. So it was easy to, much easier to monetize, to, to sell ads around the Super Bowl than it is to sell ads around like CNN, where yeah. you don't really know whether like with the vibe of that day <laughs> is going to be. Um, and so, so that's how, that is how ad agencies have been selling uh, brands on content on TV for decades. And yeah. so that is how brands think about it because that's how brand advertising agencies have talked about it to them. And it's also how the content uh, providers have talked about it to them, how the, the television stations talk about it to them. So like that's that's been how you sort of like 
uh, beyond just the demographics and beyond just the number of people you're going to reach. That's how you try to like add the extra icing on the cake. So they talk about this a ton and how important it is. And then finally, and you switch over to YouTube and it's like, it's not important any, anymore at all. Don't think about that. We're not advertising on the content. We're advertising to the person. It's just an algorithm. You are choosing the person to advertise to, not the content you're advertising on. Right. And uh, it, which is more or less how it works, though the content still matters. And then the other important piece of that pie is that during the adpocalypse um, and and before uh, and also since, though it is getting a little less this way now, advertising agencies really hated Google. They hate them so much because Google is putting them out of business because Google does their job. Google says, you don't have to work with an advertising agency. It's four clicks to figure out how to reach your audience. You can reach your audience better than you ever could with an ad agency. And ad agencies were like, that's wrong. We're in New York. We make $400,000 a year and we need to continue making $400,000 a year because I have a mortgage. Hmm. And the, and like so, so ad agencies were able to say to brands, look, I told you YouTube sucked. I told you Google sucked. Mm. They're putting your logo next to terrorist recruitment videos, next to people uh, uh, teaching other people how to how to stab each other. And now, now look what you've done. You've ruined your brand reputation. And uh, and also the third piece is brands wanted leverage against YouTube, and yep. like this was an opportunity to exert leverage against them. Um, and uh, and it worked. And it kept CPMs low for years after that yeah this was so one was of the a, things it was a very successful thing for, yeah it, it was very bad for youtube it was, it was like a chapter in internet history I, I do remember going yeah. to one of the creator summits which by the way is another thing youtube does that i don't know that any other platform yeah. does but it's, it's sort of a, a gathering where uh youtubers are talking directly to youtube and uh something that kept coming up was like well don't the advertisers need youtube more than youtube needs those advertisers that dropped out that's yeah and in the case I make, yeah, they always need each other. But it's like, yeah, if you yeah. if you pull out of your all of your advertising off of YouTube for whatever this this reason you really believe in is, eventually you're going to realize you got to get back to that audience somehow. And those people are borderline unreachable any other way. So, yeah, come back. Well, that's right? what that seemed to be what changed this year, where, where YouTube's revenue went from twenty twenty billion dollars to thirty billion dollars in one year. Yeah. Um, and that's a wild number. That is, it's, it's bigger than Netflix. It's crazy. And Netflix has like hundred, like hundreds of millions of people who just give them ten dollars a month. Yeah. And YouTube's just doing it with through almost all through advertising. Though, please sign up for YouTube Premium. It's so much better. <laughs> I I second that. Listening out there. I highly recommend it. The ad-free experience is great. It is, uh, yeah. 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 No, yeah, there's a, and now, so we're looking at shorts and like how they're trying to take a little bit of market share back from TikTok. And it's kind of interesting because mm -hmm. I've made videos. Actually, we've done this sort of a fun game. I'll make a short, a 45 second video in vertical. I'll edit it and I'll publish the exact same short on TikTok, Instagram Reels, mm -hmm. Twitter video, yep. YouTube shorts. And we'll always guess like how we think they'll do our shorts channel is pretty new. It doesn't have as many subscribers, but we'll sort of guess like, I think the, the reel will do better for this one for this reason. Or I think this TikTok's going to take like a 24 hour slow burn and then sort of take off. Yeah. Um, YouTube shorts hasn't really taken off for my very young shorts channel, but we have noticed the TikToks fluctuate the most. It'll go from like 100,000 to 3 million to 200,000 to 12 million. And it, it is the most uh, reliable slash unreliable. The latest one we did, um, the YouTube short, brand new, 10,000 views after 24 hours. On Twitter, 297,000 views. Instagram reel, 1.95 million. TikTok, 1.7 million. 
and then the TikTok passed it. Just sort of unpredictable. Do you yeah. make your TikToks thinking about like which platform it might be best for? Are you are you sculpting your videos for TikTok specifically? Um, I make TikToks for TikTok. I like I like I'm tr I try not to think about you know there's to some extent because uh, it, the the one minute limit I think about because I'd rather make a video that's one minute because then it it I don't think that you can do YouTube shorts that are over a minute right um, and. And that will probably change, but I don't think it has yet. And the so the so that's the thing I think about. But other than that, like I'm making TikToks as a TikToker. Like I I feel engaged in the culture of that world at the moment. Like I don't think that that will I will remain that way forever. Um, but uh, I'm engaged enough in the culture that I feel like I can I can do it. You know, in my own way, as a forty-one-year-old uh, science teacher, um, it, it engage with it in in a way that uh, won't be seen as too embarrassing. Yeah. And the uh, and then and then a lot of that stuff just won't make sense off TikTok, and so it will not be re-uploaded as a reel or as a, a short. Um, but a lot of it will, and so. It's just, it sort of comes down to like the kinds of content I make on TikTok. Some of like, if I'm answering science questions or doing a video about science, it's going to work anywhere. Whereas if I'm engaging with something that like, that is like inside of the current moment of TikTok, right. it wouldn't even make sense if I uploaded on TikTok two weeks from now, yeah. <laughs> let alone on YouTube. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I, my philosophy has always been to upload content specifically for that platform and if there are things yep. that plug into the cultural nexus or whatever's happening in that moment, then that's even better. Um, but yeah, I, we're just sort of trying to come up with good short ideas and good video ideas in the tech world. There's lots of ideas out there and things to make, but yep. on how to make them for TikTok is a question that I think about a lot. Yeah, I mean, you got it's a very different audience. Like that. that's, you know, it's not just the, it's got the culture of the platform. It's the the look of the platform, but it's also just a. It's younger. It's more female. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting. My science videos uh, get like seventy percent female on TikTok, and they're like eighty really? percent male on on YouTube Shorts. So like exact same piece of content. That is really interesting. I haven't. I'm gonna check right now actually because I notoriously on a tech channel. Um, what would you guess that my YouTube, male female YouTube. ratio is typically on a tech video? 85 to 15. That would be world class. <laughs> it's nowhere near that. <laughs> oh, really? It's nowhere, yeah. That, Holy I don't, crap. I've never seen a double digit uh, female ratio on a tech channel on YouTube specifically. Wow. But that's YouTube. Um, mine's like 97.3. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah. And so I wonder if TikTok is, if anything, an opportunity to reach a completely different audience because of the yeah, different people yeah. using TikTok, specifically with different ratios of male to female. That's something I can't find the ratio right now. I got to look on a single video. I it's guess it's in there. You got the, the TikToks. Analytics, analytics are not are good. Garbage. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> I'll find it someday. I've got this weird page pulled up, but I'll find it later. But that's a, that's an interesting point. Um, so okay, TikTok's got a creator fund now. You've exposed TikTok's mm -hmm. creator fund. <laughs> for being yes. maybe a little bit short-sighted or a little too smart. Do you think there's a world where yeah. they change it? Do you think there's a world where TikTok continues to grow, creators continue to start off on TikTok and they want to stay on TikTok and they find a reason to switch to maybe a percentage-based system to incentivize people to stay with TikTok long-term? 
Yeah, I, I think I don't think there's a world in which they don't change it somehow. I, and like maybe I'm just being really optimistic, um, but I think that it, that change might be. We hear you. We're going from 200 million a year to 300 million a year, and uh, and like that that to me will, does not solve the problem. No, yeah. it, it's still and like there's all there's. I, I didn't even get to the end of the list of advantages to this, but one of the big ones is that you get to control that line item. And so, like, like as as a business, you want to be in. You don't. You hate percentages. You you want flat fees. Mm -hmm. So so being it being control of that of that line item and and like I think that they would rather like increase that number without making it a percentage. But it doesn't really solve the problem until it is a percentage. Um, and the other, you know, the question that I think that TikTok is trying to answer is. Is the money, is our money that we would like to keep important to the long-term sustainability of the economic ecosystems of the creator economy on our platform? Um, and and I don't know, I don't know the answer to that question. Like as a creator, as a person who likes creators, I hope that the answer is that like in order to become as powerful as YouTube, you need to build the same moat that YouTube built, which is I believe that is to be the, true. by far the best place mm -hmm. to be a creator on the internet. Yeah. Um, and like Twitch is also good, but it's 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 still not as good as I don't think it's as good as YouTube. because uh, I think Twitch is more work for the 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 money twitch um, twitch i had i saw an interesting analogy and it's it's similar to what i would describe youtube as but it's kind of like driving for uber you'll make one you'll make money while you're doing it and yep. then when it's over yeah. when you stop driving it stops um yeah and it's wild the, the the amount of money that i make from videos i made 10 years ago is like really mm -hmm. that's still that's still throwing off 50 dollars a month all right yeah exactly um at that one video <laughs> Yeah. There's several. I mean, we we all know what the, what the the ones that show up and recommended over and over and over again. We all have a yep. couple of those. We'll take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about YouTube adding more features. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, 
and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is gonna change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution, like you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte. Team up. Fight on. There's some funny things about being on YouTube a long time, though, that you you would have just the same perspective as me, if not more so, where you continue to run your YouTube channel and then YouTube quietly changes something or adds a new feature. And it mm-hmm. looks like this is always a question with YouTube and Google. It looks like this is something they're going to lean into pretty hard, but we're not, we're not sure if we want to jump in and maybe yep. sacrifice analytics or what's what's going to change about our channel if we start doing the thing it seems like the algorithm or a new feature is pushing. Um, mm-hmm. Shorts is one of those things where it's like, do I want to post shorts on my main channel? Is that going to... S- yeah. Is, will those be separated? Like, do you think about that at all? Do you I, you do shorts on your on one of your channels, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do shorts on SciShow, and we do shorts. I, I have my own. Like, I basically repost my TikToks on my personal channel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it. There are there are lots of uh, times when YouTube has launched an exciting new feature, and it's like, should I go all in on this uh, because I've seen these things flop? Yep. You know, and. Uh, and I felt like that initially about shorts, honestly. I was like, mm, is this a good idea for YouTube to be doing? Like, how all in on this really are they? How big of a threat is TikTok to them? Now I'm in the place of, like, YouTube not having shorts would is like Blockbuster not having streaming. You're like, all right, maybe it's going to hurt their bottom line a little bit, but, like, they'll still exist. Yeah. You know, they will continue to compete in the new future because... I like I'm terrified like a lot of you know I don't know I don't ever get fear from any executives at YouTube who I talk to they <laughs> never exude anything except like collected in charge confident yeah um but like I think people are pretty freaked out by TikTok <laughs> I think that people like I think investors are I think that people in the creator economy are I think that YouTube people at YouTube are like you know I this is a complete guess but I would guess that 2021 despite being a year where YouTube's revenue went up a lot. It's probably the first year ever that YouTube's traffic in the US might have gone down. It certainly did not grow right. the, like the way that it has in the past. Be- and like, cause mm. TikTok had to eat away from somewhere, you know, it can't all come from TV. It can't yeah. all come from socializing, <laughs> which is probably where a lot of it came from. Um, so yeah, the uh, I, I think YouTube's, legitimate like should be freaked out by tiktok and and like i think that they have no choice but to be inside of shorts which i'm ambivalent about like part of me is like i don't want this on the platform because i want this to be a pure experience like i want it to be like twitter where it's just like words and that's let's just be that it's the way i always um, liked it <laughs> but i uh I, I i if i were in charge of youtube it would be a significantly smaller company 
sure. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, it's it is definitely like a like the more we we've looked at Vine, like Vine had this huge come up, huge platform, mm. huge creators yeah. gone today. And, you know, those creators are no longer obviously on Vine. It makes me think like no matter how big of a creator or sorry, no no matter how big of a platform comes up to challenge YouTube, YouTube will always just have to find a way to absorb its features or its creators. One of those two things. And yeah. I don't know, I don't, you know, let's say YouTube makes a perfect clone, an incredible solution to the TikTok problem and suddenly TikTok starts to shrink. It's like, well, that's about as good of a competitor as we've ever had to YouTube. And there is yeah. theoretically a danger to only having one video platform be successful. You want some competition. Uh, yeah. Do you ever think about well, YouTube as a monopoly or is that just, it's just like the, the, the internet's video archive? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think like, I think of YouTube as, as a monopoly um, in its space, you know, but, but like it, it it be, it sort of begs the question like it, it, where is the like where is the line you draw between these things like is is it is YouTube like competing with Netflix is it competing with Facebook is it competing with uh, with like you know like it, so so all of these things in the attention economy are basically um, competing for your time and so they're just they're competing with with everyone in media so in in that way they are not a monopoly but mm -hmm. in as far in as far as in as much as like the kind of content that i love to create know how to create have experimented with the craft of and and am like um deeply familiar with you're like yeah like i can't move my audience to another platform i kind of don't want to um and you know and, and like but i think that you've also see people diversifying like obviously this podcast is on YouTube, but it is also wherever you can get a spot, a, a podcast. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons why YouTubers make podcasts is because it's a, a way to have a deeper, you know, connection because you get to like hang out for more than for, for a longer period of time. Um, and also it's like, it's a piece of content that gets to exist outside of that ecosystem, diversify your, your sort of like, uh, content that you're making. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of people like creators talk about that all the time. Like, how do you how do you make sure you're not like a single platform creator? Because it, it's hard, but like it's something people spend a lot of time working on and thinking about. So technically YouTube is certainly not a monopoly. No one could actually argue that in court. Um, as a person who makes YouTube videos, it does feel like they are because like there's no really other place where I feel like I would could successfully post YouTube videos. But I think that TikTok innovates very quickly. And, um, and, if if the big advantage that YouTube has over TikTok is the is the ability and like the desire to share fifty five percent of revenue, it wouldn't be hard for TikTok to just do that. You know, it's not mm -hmm. like I don't. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're not hurting for money. Like they, it it may be that they have under monetized up to now, but regardless, like anyone would give them money. Like it's yeah. The most successful thing that's happened in media, the fastest rising thing that's happened in media ever. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I think that they're going to continue to evolve, and like that, that might be different forms of video. But I hope that it is also um, more opportunities for monetization. Same. It is. It is kind of interesting to think about framing YouTube as a monopoly or not. Like if if YouTube were to argue in court, they would say, oh no, yeah, we're competing with Facebook and Netflix and TV and yeah. all these podcast yeah. things. Like we're just another media company. But 
also in the, just like you described, like in this world of like creator made videos in this certain way, it's like there is no other place, which is really interesting. Yeah. And like podcasts, for example, we make our podcast here, not just because we want to connect to our audience in like a new way, but also discoverability in the podcast world is awful unless you have a discoverability mm. engine and YouTube is just the best one. So right. here we are. Mm. So yeah, they, they have a lot of, a lot of, opportunities to branch out into new things and compete in new ways. And so anytime another competitor pops up and they feel like they want to be involved in that space, mm -hmm. boom, YouTube shorts. Now they're in there. Yeah. Yeah. And like the thing that YouTube did and the thing that TikTok should be wanting to do um, is, is to sort of like, they're not just a uh, like an application. They're like the operating system for the online video creator community, you know? Hmm. And, uh, and, you know, there are competing operating systems. Like you can watch VOD videos on uh, on Twitch and like you can also watch live streams on YouTube, but like the, they are the one. They are the sort of iOS of, of video, of yeah. uploadable video rather than sort of walled garden video. Love it. That's a great analogy. <laughs> uh, I have one more question for you, Hank, and it's a little bit off the beaten path. It's a little bit of a twist. Um, cool. I'm very curious. How fast can you type the alphabet? <laughs> yeah. Is, is, this is, this was a TikTok friend recently. Is that what you're referencing? No, even like better. Even better. Okay. This is a this is a classic end of the waveform podcast uh, bit that we're doing now, which is every guest. Okay. I'm going to send you in the studio here a link, actually, uh, to an alphabet type test. And if you can uh, open this site and screen record your attempt at typing the alphabet, we actually have a leaderboard of previous wow. guests on the podcast. And I, we have, we might, we may have bet on how well you do on this leaderboard, but I won't tell you what we've bet yet. So, uh, if you could give, are we doing three attempts? Three attempts. If you could give your three attempts at typing okay. A through Z, that would be pretty um. sick. I gotta open a screen record. Yeah. I'm glad that you just assume I know how to. I, I, I can do a screen record, which is <laughs> yeah. of course true because I'm a YouTuber. But like, I can. Ha are you uh, on a Mac or a Windows? Uh, I'm on Mac. I, I got it. It's you got right QuickTime. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. All right. Try and close. Make sure that there's no confidential information on my screen right now. Right. <laughs> it's like they got a sexy Garfield in the corner there. <laughs> are you? Uh, uh, are okay. you on a? Uh, like a mechanical keyboard or a normal keyboard? I'm on a normal keyboard, the one that comes with the Mac. Okay. Sick. Same. Okay. <laughs> and I should just go? Yep. As soon as it literally will just start as soon as you hit the letter A, oh, okay. and it'll time you okay. out. Three, two, one. I don't feel like that was particularly fast. That did, did I do sound, it? That sounded pretty good. Does it give you a time? I don't know. I pushed enter and it went away. Oh, okay. Okay. If you, okay. I think as soon as you get to Z, it spits out a time. And then I pushed enter and I shouldn't have done that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'll or maybe just... I missed a letter. Oh, if you so, miss okay, a letter, it won't get to Z. Okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. What the hell did I do wrong? 
Oh, I didn't hit G. Okay, well, let's start over again. <laughs> it's harder than it sounds. It sounds really easy, and then you get to like W, X, Y, Z, and it's really tough. Yeah, my, my pinky gets tired. Okay. Okay. 8.8. 8.8. Would you like to give it one more try? We've got we've got a, a leaderboard here, but I won't tell you where it is until the end. Okay. Okay. I'll give you one more try. All right. I'm going. Oh man. Well, that's not gonna do it. I'm going again. Okay. Seven point two. Oh, that's a big jump. That's a big jump. That move that vaults you up the leaderboard. Seven point two puts you. <laughs> right behind Colin and Samir for number nine. They, did they do it together? Because they just love each other they, so much. They, they, took, <laughs> they took their, their best time of their combined okay. attempts. Um, yeah. That is incredible. If you could send me that screen recording, that would be amazing. But anyway, okay. Thank you, Hank, for joining us. This has been an adventure. I like, I like talking to creators about creating and the creator yeah, universe. Yeah. Feels like yeah. uh, Feels like being in a like a superhero talking to other, a superhero movie talking to other superhero <laughs> characters. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's super interesting. I really appreciate uh, all the questions. It's cool. It's nice to finally meet you. For sure. Hopefully we do it again sometime. I know you're super busy, but until then, I'll be watching more TikToks. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Just keep scrolling. For sure. All right. Take care. See ya. Later. Bye. All right, that's it with Hank Green. I, I again want to just take a second to thank him. He's obviously super busy, and we are super happy to have him and have that chat. I thought it was really fun. Was I good. think it was really good. We've talked about TikTok so much here, and just like he's really deep into that. And then along with the fact that it's really fun from a, a, an outsider watching you, who's been on YouTube for so long, talk to someone who's been on even longer. I favorite. mean, like I have some some knowledge, but watching two people like that just talk is is just fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, I hope he can come on the show again. He knows so much about social media. So like if he wants to be our resident expert, I oh, love yeah. that. Kind of like how um, Neil deGrasse Tyson's our resident astrophysicist. Yeah, yeah, We should yeah. have Hank, our resident social media expert. Yeah, I mean, he'd basically be a third co-host at that point, <laughs> but I'm all for it. Um, hopefully, Hank, if you're ever in the New York City area, come over, come visit us. We'd love to have you actually sit down. I'd love to be part of it too like we real question if he yeah. comes into the studio and does another episode in person does he get to do the typing test again on a new keyboard or does he have to stick with his well, old result i don't know we'll have to we'll cross that bridge when we get to yeah it. yeah we'll just okay we'll hank, figure that one out copy hank or hank underscore one final final <laughs> yeah. dot mov um yeah that was great really fun conversation we will see you all next week peace I've never done the outro before. That was weird. <laughs> That's perfect. That's how it's done. Waveform is produced by Adam Elena. We are partnered with Vox Media and our intro-outro music was created by Vane Sill. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. 
Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com.